0: Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Severance, Season 1, Episode 8, What's for Dinner, is the episode I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to be dissecting, I'm going to be spoiling. So if you do not want to be spoiled on this episode of the Apple TV original, Severance, I would suggest not watching slash listening to this. Uh, but if you are here to be spoiled and enjoy the dissection getting deep down into this episode, which is the second to last episode, the panultimate episode of season one, then welcome and let's get it started. This episode starts off with Irving. We get to see Irving's Audi. He's outside on a bench, reading a book uh, with his dog Radar. The book that he is reading is the Thoughts of the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, uh, which, according to this, uh, is like a, a book of uh, like kind of like a motivational book for somebody who was alive in those times who survived a lot of like atrocities, which is kind of an interesting book for Irving to be reading. Uh, very similar in a lot of ways, yet very different. Uh, I mean, tonally, I'm sure very different than Ricken's book. Uh, but both books uh, seemingly coming from the same place. Uh, just one, I'm sure is uh, is written with uh, a bit more a bit more class and, and a bit more depth uh, than Ricken's book. However, very similar book. So he's outside reading this book. Uh, with his dog. He ends up going back to his apartment. He lives in an apartment building, which is kind of interesting that these people who are part of the Severance uh, that that live in like, assumingly live in Lumen Housing, that some of them, like Mark uh, and Mrs. Selveg, live in a house, uh, while others live in an apartment like Irving. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. It seems, I guess we don't really know. We got to see a little bit of what Dylan's Home looks like don't know if it's necessarily a house or an apartment uh and we don't know anything about heli yet um but an interesting thing that he lives in an apartment either way he goes inside makes himself some coffee and we see that irving is an artist he is a painter he has many of the same paintings around his place that at first glance look like the hallway to the break room within severance within uh lumen uh it is a dark hallway except for in his paintings there is a red arrow that is pointing down uh, above the door which is not something that is displayed above uh the break room uh so it is a bit different but it is a uh, painting these these images that clearly as an artist he has to get out of him like is this image that is in his head for whatever reason. That clearly from his innie. That is inspiring him to paint. And uh, he's got multiple. He you see where the black sludge when he daydreams with at work, and you see this like black oily substance that's leaking every time he he dozes off at work. Uh, we see that that is representative of the black paint that he uses which he squeezes a copious amount of onto his palette uh, and uh, using a palette knife goes off painting while listening to motorhead's ace of spades which is far more aggressive of music than you would assume irving would listen to it makes sense that irving is an artist while his innie is obsessed with the art that was around the, the uh, Lumen offices on the severance floor, uh, it is a subject that bonded him to Bert within Lumen, uh, so it makes sense that he is an artist on the outside. However, his temperament uh, on the outside seems to be more on the aggressive side, at least the music he listens to uh, and his painting style, using a palette knife, just aggressively filling these wood panels Uh, with paint Uh, but I appreciated that also explains what he had under his fingernails in a previous episode so we get a bunch of answers to Irving's character at the beginning of this episode so cut to now we're inside Lumen all four of the MDR department is there Uh, Heli is focused at her desk working hard clearly uh, trying to get things done uh, Irving and Dylan are in the kitchen area and they are kind of impatiently waiting because they are, they've are they been done with their work for a week um, and everybody's just kind of antsy and wanting to do all they can to help Helly succeed at finishing, hitting their goal at the end of the quarter to hit that 100% goal. Uh, and Irving has a very interesting kind of uh, way to do so, to way to inspire in the classic Irving way. So let's play that clip. She's not gonna make it, is she? Uh, you should be at your desks. We've both been done a week. What is there to do? Is she gonna make it? She's gonna make it. Mark, yes, don't laugh. And I just wonder if it might be helpful for us to stand behind her and perhaps chant her name. She'll make it. Just let her focus. Kobel and Milchick are also anxiously waiting. They're watching on the monitors because they are, I mean, the only thing they seem to be invested in, the only thing they care about uh, is them hitting their goal, their end of the quarter quota. Uh, so they are an- anxiously watching. Uh, Cobell tells Milchick to start prepping for her success even though she hasn't done it yet uh, everybody's you know very nervous apparently I'm assuming this is the last day that they can hit their goal uh, and uh, so she tells milchik to start prepping regardless uh just just in hopes that she will do it she tells she tells milchik to uh get an end of the quarter wellness check for mark Uh, And then Milchick questions why she would do that, which obviously we now know kind of why he would question that. We now know that Mark, Mark's late wife is Miss Casey. Uh, His late wife isn't dead. Uh, She is part of Lumen as well as a part time innie. Uh, And so clearly... The the reasonings for Cobell constantly trying to give Mark these wellness checks is to test out uh, the effic- efficacy and the, 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 the actual uh, trying to test out and make sure that these chips that are implanted are actually working. Uh, cut back to inside MDR. Helly finally finishes. And as she finishes, as anybody... Who's ever finished a video game knows there is a little end of game cinematic that happens and when she finishes her work, this ambiguous work that they are all doing at MDR, uh, there is a a beautiful 8-bit cinematic that plays. So let's play that clip. Did she do it? She did it. Fuck and yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Did it. Good work. And just as when I was a kid, we would accomplish and beat a game. The excitement that fills the room in MDR was just the same. And at the end of this eight bit animation, uh Keir literally flies away. Like just jumps off a cliff and flies away. Kind of has like reading rainbow kind of vibes to it as well. Uh and Irving's pumped. It's so it's on now. Irving is pumped. Obviously, the reasoning for this getting everything done by quota is to get the waffle party because they need that waffle party as a reason to, for one of them to stay behind, to activate the overtime procedure. So everything is falling into place. Irving is pumped. Cut to Cobell and Mark. They're in Cobell's ov- office both of them laughing very awkwardly cobell in her i mean just like such an unhinged character not only the person she is outside of severance when she's selvig but also when she's inside and just a super horrible person like she is laughing like she's laughing like a crazy person she's laughing like a villain really um And Mark, she asks who Mark thinks should have the waffle party and Dylan, he recommends Dylan and Cobell's like questioning. It's like, you know, you can take it. Anybody can take it. It doesn't have to be Dylan. Uh, But, you know, Dylan, as we saw early on when Dylan was obsessed with all of the different incentives that they got, uh, the waffle party was something that he was stoked on Has clearly gotten before. Uh, and we still don't know what that is. But in this episode, we will find out. So Dylan gets the waffle party. Uh, and Cobell tells Mark that she scheduled him. Uh, she says she scheduled for all of the department heads. Uh, but she scheduled a wellness check for the end of quarter. Uh, and she thanks Mark one of the few times Miss Cobell has shown any kind of positive reinforcement towards Mark while inside Lumen. Uh, so, so it's kind of an awkward but still kind of on-brand uh, interaction between those two. Let's take a little break from the Ray Taylor Show to promote my live art streams. That's right. I am an artist as well as a podcaster, and I paint live every Thursday at 420 Pacific Time. Head on over the best place ever for streaming, YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder. That's right. Every Thursday at 420, you can watch me paint the many faces. Every week, I paint seven new faces of abstract portraits ink on paper and you can watch that happen you can hang out with me while i listen to a classic episode from one of my favorite podcasts head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and check it out say hi let's hang out let's have some fun let's paint some faces now let's get back to the show cut to mark at the wellness check waiting in the lobby reading some of the quotes that are around the wellness lobby the egan quotes uh Miss Casey comes out and brings them in there's no tree anymore Mark points out the tree is missing uh, as well as notices the boxes that are being packed uh, within the wellness area uh, and apparently there's a new wellness director that's coming in and Miss Casey is quote-unquote retiring uh, and of course Mark is feels guilty obviously knowing that he kind of messed up Miss Casey when he took Heli, kind of removed Heli from her responsibilities, created a situation where Miss Casey was punished for not keeping an eye on Heli, and she was sent to the break room. Uh, But uh, she plays, you know, she turns on the music to start the wellness check, so there's music playing, you know, calming relaxing music along with bird uh, chirping Uh, and it's going to be an augmented session and Mark asks if there's any way he can fix it Uh, and and Miss Casey goes into a bit of her reality as an innie uh, that that she's only been awake alive as an innie for a hundred and seven hours that is her her in 30-minute increments, as that's how long these wellness checks go. So out of 170 hours, 30 minutes apiece, uh, that has been her existence within this Lumen place, which is one of the reasons why she's out of it, uh, assuming uh, that's the only reason. Uh, But her favorite part was the eight hours that she was sent to watch Heli. So before that, she'd only been awake for 99 hours in half-hour increments at a time just in this room reading things, reading attributes of people of their Audis that are good. Like a very sad existence for 30 minutes at a time. And she got one opportunity to spend... Eight hours with the MDR crew while watching Heli, and she said it was a highlight of her life, which is just sad. It's <laughs> just sad that that was just watching somebody work, taking notes, was the highlight of her life, and it was the longest she was awake. Uh, meanwhile, we also see the Cobell, as always, watching this session going on. Uh, And then Miss Casey goes back to reading her list of attributes of Mark's Audi that are that are good. These are the things of of your Audi that are good. Um, Cut to Milchick in Cobell's office, and he's talking to Milchick about how. The fact that Mark and Miss Casey don't know each other. They don't recognize each other. It was his late wife. If anybody, if he was going to recognize anybody that he knew from the outside, it would be Miss Casey. So Milchick obviously thinks it's a win. The chips are actually working, which further makes me just, it kind of solidifies this whole thing as just being an experiment. Like their numbers whether they actually are part of anything, you know, if they're actually doing anything, I think it's all just an experiment. Like the number thing is just the, 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 the scientific replacement for work. Like we can get these people to do a job that is seemingly meaningless. Like they don't even have to know the meaning of their job to complete it. We can control them and they will complete any task we give them within this environment because that's all they know Uh, and it's all just kind of a proof of concept to show that the chips work and that probably that this can be used in other applications with which if the government's involved I would imagine and it seems like it's being used for uh, pregnancies and childbirth that not only would this procedure be used for other medical procedures, not only be used for working environments, but you could see it being used in military applications. Like it, when you sign up to be in the army or any branch of the military, you get this chip, this Lumen chip inserted in your brain, and they can turn you off at any moment. It, it They have complete control. They can train you to do whatever you want because you're so disconnected from whatever past you want you know if they say kill the enemy that enemy could literally be your family and you wouldn't even know that's just my hypothesis on potential things this show could go to in, in f- f- next seasons uh, but Milchick is stoked that the chip works there's no memory it's a win Cobell uh, tells Milchick to take uh, to take Miss Casey back down to the testing floor uh, so now we see Milchick escorting Miss Casey and we see this dark hallway that Irving's Audi was painting which is not the hallway that leads them to the break room as the doors were different uh, obviously for the break room there's not a red arrow this hallway leads them to the testing floor that is downstairs. It is an elevator with the arrow pointing down. So even farther down below the severance floor is the quote-unquote testing floor where Miss Casey lives. And on her way, she asks Milchick if her Audi is happy, if is a happy person out there. Uh, and, you know, of course Milchick pretty much gives her the generic type of answer that would have been on one of her wellness checklists that she would have read to, to all of the different people who are severed, like just a generic answer to make you feel like, but like a corporate, like a corporate type of answer that doesn't have any meaning behind it. <laughs> you know, just, just something, a a piece of straight propaganda just to tell you what you want to hear. So she goes down. She goes into the elevator and heads down. That's where you see that red light come on. And it's like, okay, maybe – and we don't have – so far, we've never seen anybody. This is the first time we've seen this hallway. But for some reason, I would imagine Irving, maybe Irving came from the testing facility at one point before he went to MDR – And that's why he knows like there's some reason why Irving's any knows that hallway and has seen that elevator before. And aside from Milchick or Cobell, somebody that's in management that would have seen it like the only other thing would have been that potentially his any had experience in the testing floor, which is not something that they come from. It's like, You know, we've seen how they get integrated in, how they start off on the boarding table and they get the integration thing and they they come in and it's just it's none of it had to do the first time we've seen or heard of the testing floor. So, Mark, back in MDR, Dylan asking about Miss Casey, Uh, he tells them that that she's retiring. Of course, everybody's kind of uh, concerned about that. Dylan is asking about, you know, her because he wants to be friends. Obviously, he's got a crush on her or whatever. Uh, And, you know, they want to know if there's anything they can help. Obviously, they're about to do this thing uh, to wake themselves up on the outside. Uh, And, you know, it's not something that they should necessarily add to the mix at this point. Right. Obviously, they'll want to help Miss Casey at some point, but it's not something that they can do right now. Milchick shows up. Uh, There's going to be a pre party before the waffle party where everybody can participate in this egg bar. They got deviled eggs. They're going to play music. They got the lighting thing going on, Uh, a celebration for Helly finally hitting quota. And Dylan is given a prize. Because he's the three-time refiner of the quarter. So this is his third time uh, being chosen for the Waffle Party. That's why he loves them so much. He's experienced them already three times. Which is only three quarters. So it's only, you know, that's... Well, I mean, in the severed universe, who knows how long their quarters are. If they're actually... You know, a quarter of a year. I mean, they could literally make a quarter five years long. But it seemingly, you know, he's only like not even. So other people have experienced the waffle party, assuming than just Dylan. Because he's only done it three times, assuming there's four quarters in a year. Uh, But he he gets a special prize. We don't see it, but we see the reactions of everybody else where they're all kind of like touched with this prize that dylan got they all like kind of give him a pat on the back and they're like showing solidarity as a team um and milchick's like okay let's uh let's change this energy up i guess uh and uh they start you know doing their whatever eating their stuff talking chit-chatting uh, and Milchick again brings out the cameras, starting to snap more pictures. Helly talking to Dylan. She offers to stay for Dylan again because he's got a kid. She's like, don't you want to go see your kid? And Dylan knows that this is just the first step. Like, this isn't this isn't them getting out and getting free. This is all in an effort to do that f- permanently and to end them being innies. Uh, So, because he's already been out there, he doesn't have a problem staying. He believes in himself. That that belief in himself that he's had doing his job as a refiner, the reason why he's gotten all the incentives, the finger traps, the caricatures, the three-time refiner of the quarter waffle parties. Like, he believes in himself, and he's not deterred. He will get this mission done. And, you know, so he's... Doesn't want to trade places with anybody. And he knows it's just the first step. Cut to Cobell heading to her office. Runs into Natalie, who is the intermediary between uh, them and the board. She has a little earpiece where she talks to the board and kind of dispenses the board's uh, information. And, and you know, does these kind of quote-unquote board meetings. Uh, and she flashes some pictures of Heli. Hanging herself in the elevator, uh, which is something Cobell is trying to keep a secret from the board. They found out. Somebody ratted her out uh, and she mentions that uh, the the whole uh, the fact that uh, Petey had been reintegrated and they're like, oh, this is not it. And she's like, listen, this is she also the board also found out that that Cobell had been spending time with mark's sister on the outside so the board has found out all of the the secretive things that cobell has been doing whether grainer ratted her out before he died or Milchik maybe ratted her out uh it's unclear how they found out but they found out and cobell is uh is pretty beat up about it uh and she's like you know, she's she's asking like she doesn't believe that Natalie is relaying honestly the messages of the board. And it's like, do they know that you're firing me? She's being suspended and fired. And uh, the for the first time ever, we see the board respond with a verbal yes. So there is a board somewhere. S- and they they finally replied with a Yes. And she's begging to explain herself, and uh, Natalie informs her that they ended the call. Meanwhile, cut to Irving standing in front of a portrait of Keir, uh, and underneath the portrait are all of the different uh, compliance handbooks, the the books that uh, Irving worships. They are his Bible, they are the things he quotes – They are the things he worships, and he pulls one out and flips to a specific passage in a specific book and reads this passage while looking at Kier, and let's play that clip right now. And now in each swing of your axe, or swipe of your pen, the sum of your affections, that through me they may be purified and returned. No higher purpose may be found than this, or any higher love. And we see Irving give a smile after he slams. He puts his deviled egg on the page as he finishes that that passage and slams it shut, and uh, gives a smile to Kier because he is out of out of all these characters, he has been the most indoctrinated into the Lumen, the Kier way of thinking, the Kier way of existing. He has been like the most the most religiously devout. To the Keir way, and uh, he has finally been woken up after their after they got rid of his love, Bert. Uh, he is like completely changed. Like the edge on Irving is amazing. It really it, it really makes sense that he's listening to Motorhead. Uh, his Audi is listening to Motorhead while aggressively painting. Uh, that that kind of edge is is kind of seeping through Irving. Uh, Irving's any cut back to uh, Helly and Mark or chit-chatting. She has the theory that the goats, the baby goats that they found are the ones that lay the eggs and they laugh. Uh, and they, there's, you know, there's clearly a spark between these two. She asked Mark if he's scared. Of course he says, yes, he doesn't want to screw up. What if they don't wake up, you know, uh and she's like trying to calm him down it's like listen lumen's too dumb t- to notice they 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 it's all like in Helly's mind it's all a scam it's all a ruse it's all just them trying to scare us to think that they're always watching when they're not i mean cobell is watching a lot of the times milchick is watching a lot of the times but those are the only two people we've seen grainer's dead So for the audience, we know that at least we've not seen anybody else really. Although there clearly could be because somebody was there to control the switches when Milchick woke up Dylan on the outside. Uh, And it wasn't Cobell and it wasn't Grainer because they were both outside of Lumen. So there are other people that could have been there to do the thing for that we just haven't seen yet. But Helly's Helly's uh, pretty pretty solid on the fact that they're they're just too stupid to know, uh, and they're worried they're worried that their Audis are assholes. Helly is pretty sure that her she's pretty confident she knows her her Audi is an asshole. I mean we've seen it we've seen the way. Uh, I mean asshole is kind of would be kind of a, a pretty decent way a pretty nice way to describe Helly's Audi at this point after we've seen uh, how she's remarked her her. Remarks to Helly wanting to resign, and Mark just hopes his Audi cares about something. Like he doesn't want, you know, he wants there to be a re- like he's he's he wants to know that he's fighting for somebody that's good on the outside. Um, and then Helly thanks Mark for at least pretending to care about something inside. Like she she notices and appreciates what Mark has tried to do. Uh, to help her adjust to this kind of new reality of being an in any, working for Lumen, working in the severed department, and uh, Mark replies with, "Oh, it's easy to care." Like, there's clearly some like flirting going on. They are they are passing back and forth the the joy balloon to each other, and uh, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. Uh, there's definitely a little bit of smart a spark between mark and heli uh cat uh, cut back to milchick uh he says that the party's over he's got to deal with a management issue uh but he will be back to take dylan to the perpetuity wing to take dylan to keir's house in the perpetuity wing so he can celebrate his waffle party to enjoy his waffle party uh and we see the the management issue that milchick has to deal with is escorting Kobell out as she has just been fired and she is being escorted out by milchik kind of a crazy thing to happen she has been fired <laughs> the person that is like clearly the most like extremist she's like the religious extremist for for kier for egan for lumen And uh, he takes her key card and escorts her to the stairwell. I believe the same stairwell that Heli tried to uh, leave. Let's take a little break from the show to promote the many faces. That's right. I am also an artist. I do ink paintings on paper of abstract faces. A new face, a new painting gets released every single day over at inspireddisorder.com. So head on over to my website to purchase original artwork directly from the artist. Also, there are prints available for select images. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com, buy original art, buy prints if that's your jam, if you want eight by 10 prints on high quality paper. Also, if you're looking to wear some art, there are shirts available with original artwork by myself. Select faces from the many faces are also available in t-shirt form. You go to inspireddisorder.com, you buy original artwork, you buy prints, you buy shirts, you're supporting an artist directly. And if you're the type of person that likes to invest in NFTs, there are also NFTs available for select faces. Go to inspireddisorder.com now. And now let's get back to the show so cut back to the mdr crew in the little kitchen area mark makes sure to let dylan know that only to wake up the three of them only focus on their department don't worry about any anybody else uh he gives dylan the card heli gives him the instructions uh and mark tells everybody to prepare for anything when you go up that elevator Prepare, you could be. You could wake up at any point, you could be driving, you could be around a bunch of people. Be prepared, but make sure you find somebody you trust you think you can trust. You don't know anybody up there. Find somebody you think you can trust and tell them everything. Tell them everything because you don't know how long, there's no time to waste. Don't go digging into finding out more about what your Audi is about. You know, Irving is on task, which who knows? We've seen Irving break, break, uh, like break the mission, like go AWOL for Bert. So we'll see what happens with Irving. But he seems determined for sure to stay on task. Uh, And Mark brings out Rickon's book that, you know, he wants to share. He's like, I've been hiding this. I've been reading this. Uh, And he, in an effort to kind of motivate the team, he reads a passage from the book. Let's play that clip. Uh, I probably should have told you guys. dylan page 197 slaps he like my favorite by far my favorite character dylan is the man i love his like every aspect of this character is my favorite part of this show uh he adds so much joy to watching this show that is so confusing and so stressful at times um but yeah i i appreciate that and you can see that this moment is the moment where the team is strong the jeans are on and the team is strong. Okay, they are ready to get to work to make this thing happen. Cut to all of them at the elevator. Irving's going to be the first one up. As he goes up, it's like, let's find out what's for dinner. The first time they've had dinner <laughs> or had the opportunity to have dinner. I mean, you, you think about their existence inside Severed, like, they get lunch. Which who knows what lunch is? It is a lumen branded lunch, I'm sure we've seen their snack situation, uh, but as far as meals go, they don't it's they, they don't get to experience all the pleasures of of that that await them on the outside uh and, and you know Irving on his way up. Let's see what's for dinner. Uh, so that leaves Heli and Mark at the elevator, and they're going back and forth again. It's like maybe we're gonna meet our spouses. Maybe were each other's spouses. Like clearly in this episode, I mean, there was a little bit, of, a little taste of it in the last one. Dylan saw it. Dylan saw, you know, Mark kind of g- get a little, get a little uh, eyeballing, get some, get some hearts and some, uh, some butterflies when it comes to Helly. In the last one, they they went away and they bonded in their little, their little uh, walk. Uh, in the previous episode and and you see this relationship kind of forming between the two of them which is a struggle as the audience knowing that Miss Casey is his dead wife like obviously like I'm rooting for Mark in what however it works out I don't know how this is all going to work out but I like the, the little connection that he has with Helly. And clearly, it's you know both ways. She appreciates what he's done for her, and all that. And whether they are spouses, whether they have spouses or are spouses on the outside, they are they are willing to go find out. They are willing to go see what's going to happen. Uh, and at, as as Helly's about to go up before the doors close, she opens the doors back up and she gives Mark a kiss, just in case things you know turn out a certain way or for later you know like after this they come back you know just just in case she wanted to give him a kiss real quick which is a sweet like it's it's so weird it's like the complexity of this love triangle this this crazy love triangle all these unanswered questions but heli goes up and Mark gives one last look around the lobby, almost kind of like a look that you do when you're saying goodbye to the place you work, right? You know it's it's nearing the end of your time at this place. This could very well be the last time they ever... Like, if things go poorly, like, depending on how this goes, this might be the last time any of them ever see each other, ever come back. So Mark is kind of giving that look of saying goodbye... So he goes up after he waits a while, and as he's leaving, Lumen, he sees that uh, they are starting to sell, set up for this gala that's supposed to be happening. Uh, cut to Dylan going over the procedure in the bathroom as like it's like it's kind of almost their only sanctuary inside of Lumen, the place where there's most likely not any cameras where they have some privacy. At least it seems that way. Like, if they had cameras in there, they would have seen Mark reading Rickon's book the entire time. They would have seen that that's where Dylan had hid that card, that little illustration card. So that's where Dylan is. Going over the procedures one more time. Uh, Milchik is ready for t- to take him to uh, his waffle party. And, uh, you know, Dylan asks for a bit of time uh, to just keep going over the thing. Uh, so he escorts him. Finally, to the Perpetuity Wing, through the Perpetuity Wing, to the Replica Keir house that resides in the back of the Perpetuity Wing. Uh, and, you know, he, the waffle party has begun. He has a stack on the dining room table. There's a stack of waffles, butter. He's got syrup. There's a glass of milk. And Dylan gets to eating. And at the end of this stack of waffles printed on the plate uh, is a statement. Go now to the founder's bed. He picks up this mask of Kier and heads on to the bed. Uh, And right next to the mask is a whip. Like like an S&M whip whip. And each kind of strap, like a whip that has like these nine straps on it. And the reason why I know it's the nine straps is because uh, it is the nine core lumen principles. And each of these principles is listed on, on this, this strap. Which is the first touch of like, okay, this religious thing is also tied to sex in some way like our first taste on how like i guess perverse this cult-like place of lumen is so he goes he's laying on the bed he's got the mask on and then all all of a sudden these dancers come out there's four dancers three women one man they're all wearing lingerie the guy's wearing like some you know spandex whatever's but they're all wearing masks themselves uh, similarly to the Kier mask. Uh, but these masks, one of them is a joker. One is like a bride. The other is like an old lady. And the dude has a goat mask on. And we all know there's baby goats in the building. And now it's like, well, what are those baby goats? And they're all dancing sexually. They're all wearing, you know, it is very much like this is a performance. This is not only are there any, the the advantage of this waffle party is they get to experience breakfast, right? They never get to experience breakfast. They've never experienced breakfast. The waffle party is their first experience at any breakfast foods, and, you know, what a delight, what a decadent kind of a breakfast than waffles with syrup and butter, right? So, like, I mean, obviously... If you know about the world and know about food, maybe not the most extravagant, but still, for an innie, eating waffles with syrup, a stack of waffles with syrup, is just, like, a glorious experience. And then now there's clearly some, like, slightly ritualistic thing going on, but clearly some sexual thing. So there's, like, part of this waffle party is to experience sexual pleasure, seemingly. We don't see that happening, but that's what it seems like part of this waffle party is which is clearly one of the reasons why somebody would want to not only get 100% productivity to hit the, the, the quota for the quarter but also to be chosen as the refiner of the quarter to receive the waffle party obviously one of the reasons why Dylan loves the waffle party so much it is the only time they will experience sex aside from Potentially hooking up with other severed employees, co workers, but this is like a separate. This is like these people are like prostitutes for Lumen, assuming. We never see Dylan have sex, but we see them dancing around. We see them wearing the mask, dancing around in lingerie, and who knows what the goat thing is. Maybe Kier. maybe we find out that Kier Egan had sexual relations with goats and has like a very like maybe all of these four people are the represent four people that Kier had sexual relationships with maybe i don't know i don't know you know you hear stories about farmers having sex with sheep i don't know if goat is is necessarily the uh, 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 an alternative to that but regardless it is the only thing so far that would l- that would make the baby goats make any kind of sense. But anyway, uh, while the dancing is going on, Dylan bounces. Dylan leaves. Uh, he is off to complete his mission. Uh, cut to Selveg breaking down in her car, cursing. Fuck you, Natalie, fuck you. Like, she's just... <clears throat> completely breaking down in her car, cursing Natalie, cursing everything, gets back to her house, starts trashing her house. We see that she has post these poster boards, like, like what you would see in a classroom, right? Like a, a classroom art project type poster boards on her wall of different things, different sayings. She's tearing it off. She's trashing everything. She's trashing her altar to Kier that she prayed to. beginning of one of the episodes uh there's a diorama that gets destroyed there's this medical equipment that we kind of saw in in that episode as well that she's kind of clutching and crying to and asking why why uh cut to a doorbell mark rings the doorbell she goes to answer it and uh mark mentions that uh devon wanted to double check to see if selvig wanted to go to this party uh, and he wanted to stop by just to remind her about that, and we see, obviously, Selveg is a little, little emotional, uh, and you know she at first tells Mark that she's probably not going to go, but then she thinks about it a, a moment and says she'll I'll drive my own car, I'll drive myself that way, that way if I feel uncomfortable or unsafe, I can drive myself home, or afraid. I should say, uncomfortable or afraid, which is a very strange thing for... Cobell slash Selvig to say. But now that she is no longer... She's been fired from Lumen, she probably feels very vulnerable right now. She probably feels like she doesn't have that protection. You know, she's she's been rejected. And... Because she doesn't have that that backing of lumen anymore, you know, doing certain things, she feels like she's she's at danger, which would make that statement I mean it's a weird statement, but knowing that what just happened, you can kind of kind of gives you uh, a view to her mental status at that moment, uh, saying that if she feels uncomfortable or afraid. Like why would she feel afraid? Uh, but she—that's what she says. Uh, meanwhile, Irving—we see Irving's Audi uh, going home, pouring his coffee, about to do some painting again. Uh, Mark and Mark and Rickin—it's uh, it, a book reading. Rickon asks if Mark brought his book; he forgot it, and Rickon's like, overcomplicates everything as always. There's somebody else. Maybe you can share with her. Blah blah blah. Uh, he at first, he's like, well, it's a 15 minute drive. Why don't you just drive you could you could make it back if you drive back home and get the books. It's like, ah, but you can, the books over here. Like, Rickon's a very odd individual <laughs> and like uh, overthinking very simple situations. but nonetheless, that's what the party is. It's a book reading for the book that marks Innie has been reading and is obsessed with along with Dylan. Uh, And then Mark says to his sister that, you know, she's like he's giving her some compliments like, oh, you're a good wife, good mother, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And he wants to talk to her later. He's got some big life changing kind of kind of things he wants to talk to her about. Just as he says that he notices that Selveg shows up. Cut to Dylan gets to the security room. Cut to Irving, is painting. Cut back to Selveg apologizing to Mark about her being emotional at the door. She's had a bad day at the quote-unquote shop. And Mark, you know, tells her a little bit of, you know, advice. Work is just work. You know, just, you got to be able to detach yourself from that. Which is a revelation to Selveg. She's like, oh, yes, these... These great words, which also she's like a religious fundamentalist that's been shunned by her religion. So somebody having some other kind of philosophy, she's probably starved for that, which we'll see how that (laughs) being at this book reading and listening to Rickon, maybe she becomes a loyal follower of Rickon uh, because of that. But just... Mark letting her know that work is work was seemingly a revelation to her. Cut back to uh, Dylan locking the secu- the door with, like, like, a belt or something like that. Uh, we see, finally, the gift that he got, which is one of those cube things that Mark had on his desk that's a portrait of Mark. Uh, but Dylan's is the group photo of the four of them, which made, makes sense that they would all be so emotional. Obviously they are bonded in a way that he has never been bonded with anybody in that existence. They are both on a mission to free themselves. They all have the same goal. Uh, and it's a very touching thing to see Dylan, you know, set that cube down on the desk as like inspiration, right? That that's his family photo inside of severance, uh, that, that 3d cube, uh, recreation of their group photo very touching very touching uh and he starts the procedure which is not as simple you know he's got to go through the system a system he's never used to try and find the department all this stuff it's it's like it's comforting knowing dylan is there right out of all of them if heli was there would be a bit more precarious but like or even irving or even Mark. Like, Dylan is the guy that makes the most sense to be trying to figure this stuff out uh, and make it happen. Cut back to the party, and Selvig mentions that uh, she overheard Mark talking about some life-changing stuff he wants to talk to his sister about. Mark lets her know that he's thinking of quitting Lumen, which on any other day would have enli- would have elicited a different response from Selveg slash Cobell. Uh and uh Selveg like gives him it's like you don't need them anymore. Like, or Mark says he doesn't need them anymore, that he doesn't need the procedure. He's done running away from this grief of his wife, and uh Selveg gives him a hug and she encourages him to do it. Which is this like if she didn't get fired, this U turn of Selveg would never have happened. And now she's encouraging Mark. Like she clearly like has feelings for mark like it seems like the person she was as Selvig, being caring of mark and giving him like the lavender tea and the chamomile cookies and all that stuff that seems more like her true self whereas inside lumen as cobell was like her pretending to be a hard-ass boss which maybe is why she was so horrible inside. It's like, it's, it's so, we, like, anyway. She's encouraging. She tells him to get away from there, which is also mind-blowing. Right? Get away from there, Mark. But also we know that he's about to wake up. So even though Selveg has made this turn and is encouraging Mark to quit Lumen and get out of there, we know that Mark's innie is about to wake up, and he is currently hugging Cobell, who is somebody his innie knows as an enemy, and he is about to wake up in her arms, potentially. Clearly not somebody he can trust to tell what's going on. And we see Dylan on the inside struggling to reach the second switch, because these switches are on separate sides of the door and of course is designed that way to require two people which makes me continue to wonder who was there to wake up Dylan when Milchick was interrogating him but Dylan's struggling to reach these switches and then we get cuts between all of the MDR crew on the outside we finally see just a clip of Heli on the outside she's holding a, a, a glass of champagne At like a party of some sort. Uh, We see Irving painting. And we see of course Mark embraced in a hug with Selvig slash Cobell. And cut to Dylan flips the switch. Cut to black. End of the episode. Holy shit. Holy shit. The last episode obviously we're going to see how that all plays out. You know, Mark is going to wake up in the arms of Cobell. We're going to finally see what Helly's Audi is up to. We're going to see what Irving ends up doing. You know, who, I mean, who's going to tell his dog? He doesn't have, he's not around anybody. And I'm sure we'll see if Irving understands his daydreams now. You know, he's going to wake up painting, painting the the uh, the hallway that goes to the elevator down to the testing floor, right? So he's going to know on some level that as an artist, he's able to access thoughts and ideas from within this being severed. So there is still a connection there. Even though Mark doesn't recognize Miss Casey as his late wife, there's still images are are still went both ways, especially for Irving. And maybe Irving has a different model of chip that is allowing that leak to happen. Where his innie is having these visions of paint dripping and his Audi is having these visions of this hallway to the testing floor. Uh but the crazy thing is I mean, not only is Mark going to wake up in the arms of his enemy Cobell, but he's at a book reading for a guy that wrote a book that he that changed his perception of things, of his reality within Lumen. And then Helly, who knows who she's around? We don't know that she's at some kind of function. Uh, but that is the end of this episode, episode eight. What's for dinner? We got answers to what the waffle party is. The waffle party being a meal that they would never have, which isn't even like a great meal. It's just waffles with syrup. But for an any, it's amazing. It's also a sexual experience of some sort. Some kind of ritualistic sexual experience. So clearly, like, things that they would kind of want as incentives, but, like, through the lens of, like, a religious craziness that is Keir Egan and Lumen and all of that. So an interesting... And potential answers, or at least some more information as far as the goats. Like, clearly, the goat situation has more to do... It's not just a random thing that there are baby goats. There's clearly some connective tissue tissue between the 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 god that is Kier egan and whatever his relationship to goats were like that's a reason why they have baby goats there maybe they use baby goats for testing maybe they use baby goats for other things who knows but at least there's some connective tissue there uh but yeah that's it that's it cobell fired loose cannon kind of could become an ally in some ways could definitely become an ally or she could potentially use this to get back in the good graces who knows next episode final episode of season one of severance i'm looking forward to it uh i'm looking forward to breaking it down next week